very critical and crucial part of the podcast that needs not be left out, and I would always remember at all times, and that is the very beginning of the podcast. And so with that, I shall welcome to Critical Ditto, the Pokemon role-playing podcast, with a spin that's wilder than a helter-skelter. Here we are, we're at the fairground, and... It's almost as fun as listening to Critical Ditto, the podcast, in which I feature Stuart Clark as the GM. And to my right is Ali. What are you, what are you doing, Ali? Well, I'm going to be playing the part of Kenny Mullet, Stu, the haunted house that's safe for children. Uh, he's on a quest to find out more about his weird dark powers. On his uh, Pokemon team, he has Bowtie the Dartrix, Moustache the Magikarp, Hoops the Salandit, Fedora the Honchcrow, and Swirly the Spiritomb. To my right, I have the one, the only, David Leavesley. Thank you so much, Ali. Uh, hello, my name is David, and I'm playing Theo, the Ferris wheel in which every compartment is actually a miniature library. And <laughs> on Theo's team is Meditite the Meditite, Cabbage the Kabuto, which has never been called Cabbage in their lives, but I keep 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 saying it. And uh, uh, Hillary the Swaddle, Togekiss the Togekiss, uh, Broey Barbarical with no no name, and Jason the Combi. I think we know that Barbarical is called Bro-Barical. It's definitely Bro-Barical. Oh, I think we yeah, know yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, <laughs> I great. Well, just as, I need to put that to public consensus. And if you look down from one of the tiny portable libraries in this particularly odd fairground, you might see somewhere between the Coconut Shy and our favourite friend of this podcast, Tom Dale. Hi there, my name's Tom. I'm too short to go on the rides, but I'll be playing... <laughs> I will be playing. <laughs> I'm standing. I'm standing in the corner by the candy floss, just eating way too much, uh, and I'm watching the lady I'm about to play, and that is the bully on the bumper cars herself, Brandy, the ex cheerleader from Surflope Town, who has by her side Wimpy the Beniri, Gary the Scroopy, Snorleyoni the Munchlax, uh, a Bunnelby, and possibly Meltan if she if she plays her cards right, if she knocks him out of his bumper car and into hers. Uh, and on my above me, looming over all of us, I throw back to Stu, the fairground creator in Theme Park 2, playing on his computer on the PC. That's right. <laughs> That's where we were. <laughs> oh, I just zoomed out. Whoa. The whole I time. I just zoomed out oh, of the oh, world. Oh, and as the, the god of malevolence that I am, I am going to delete the track on the bump cars. Oh, and everybody no! has exploded. <laughs> That's a shame. They'll never find out what happened last time. But you will. Previously on Critical Ditto. Wimpy the Baneeri is running off across the deck. Bad Baneeri! Which does get the Mega Gyarados' attention. The Gyarados comes in, Baneeri jumps and pounds into the head of the Gyarados. Elisa starts to move her hands. <laughs> Foggy nonsense! The battlefield fills with a haze. The tome is with you, Kenny. Kenny puts the tome in this crate brings out Bowtie the Dartrix. You're sending Bowtie the Dartrix away with the fake tome. Elisa hears your cry and falls for the bait, follows off into the fog off the side of the ship, away from Wimpy the Baneeri. Uh, Mrs. W has seen a chance. Theo, this is not a game. The tome is in danger, and I will take all actions necessary to eliminate you. If you try to do anything to him or to anyone else I love ever again, I will kill you. I think Theo's gonna pull out a cypher sword and just go after Mrs. W. Brandy sees Theo through the haze. It absolutely does not look like regular Theo. There is a darkness in those eyes. I'm so tired of trying to be good. Theo, what are you saying? Look at all of these organizations that just want to destroy us when we're trying to do the right thing. But we can still do this together. We're a team. I hate 
the fact that you're right. And then Theo drops the sword. Kenny, you feel yourself pulled into Elisa's mind palace. It's a place of conflict. Mm. I want you to think of your father. And Elisa closes her eyes and allows her mind to channel this image of uh, Drunfisk. In that moment, the mind palace starts to become warmer and gentler. Mrs. W has wheeled around and is flying back towards the ship on Templar Prime's back. It's about time that we have a clean win for once. Theo, Kenny, Brandy, you stand atop the prow of the Team Nautilus capital ship. The thunder and rain and lightning has eased slightly, but the storm still persists swirling around you as Mrs. W and Templar Prime barrel towards you, Mrs. W striding atop the mechanized, transformative nature of Templar Prime as they lock eyes and look to swoop in and gather the tome that they feel was wrongly taken from them. The three of you stand with your Pokemon in front of you, ready to defend the ship and the tome at all costs. What do you do? Brandy is going to grab her ruler sword, take it out, and shout to Mrs. W. If you come for us, I promise on Slow King's life, sorry Theo, I will chop this tome in half. Then what will you do? Nothing. Oh. Exactly. So you better back off. Okay, roll. Manipulate someone. Brandy, p- please don't actually do that. It's It's been about 13 episodes. We need to have some payoff for this tome. Oh, oh yeah. What did you roll, Tom? for Brandy. I rolled an 11. Um, okay, so what were you intending to do to... I was attempting to get them to stop in their tracks, basically. I was very much afraid that Templar Plime was going to be a cannonball style and just charge through the boat. And just could very much have done us. that. David, how far away do we think Templar Prime and Mrs. W got before they pause? If we have north or sort of prospect like fake north, arbitrary north, as where the train was, which is kind of where the ship's prow was in yes. my mind... South is the direction that Dartrix flew. Then I will say maybe they pause in the air, maybe five feet away from the edge of the west side of the ship. So they're they're still levitating that they haven't landed on the boat. Excellent. Just near enough to the boat from there. Ali, and they are very close. Then five Ali, feet. That's close. You can you can. I mean, yeah, you can hear him. What noise does Templar make while he's levitating? <laughs> so it's it's Peter Griffin laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the noise you can like... hear, that humming drone, Brandy, as you're facing them down with the katana. They have stopped, you've succeeded. All three of you, what is your next move? Do not chop the tome. I'll chop you, the tome, Kenny. You I'm not foolish chop the girl, do not bring that blade <laughs> against a single page. Oh, I will take great pleasure in chopping up every I single page and eating it slowly. <laughs> Kenny, I'm lying. I'm not going to do that. If you if you ingest if you ingest a page, I will <laughs> I will flame you, and Templar Prime will also do bad things to you, very bad things. <laughs> yes, absolutely, Templar Prime. That is true. We shall end this stupid girl and her katana made of measuring instruments. Why don't we talk about this like adults? And you get off the threatening robot creature and we just all put our weapons down and we talk this out like grown-ups because I'm a grown-up holding a ruler sword. <laughs> I, I'm i going to... I think Theo steps forward and in uh, another return to the 25 uh, dissertations which have really covered useful plot points at this particular point in the storyline and says, 
I evoke the right of the Slow King Jewel. I kind of think we just cut it at Slow King Jewel, and now we have Let's to decide what the hell a Slow King Jewel is. <laughs> Well, in my mind, absolutely love that. Yeah, this is wonderful. Yes. Jewel would have to be because to follow on from the point of the last episode is that well, surely there's no point in us engaging in any no. form of physical contact. Yeah, Brandy has stopped search... them with the threat, but I think yes, yeah. The, yeah. But this is great. So the sloking jewel surely has to be something intellectual. Yeah, has to be something oh, yeah. to do some kind of. Is it a quiz? <laughs> For me, I think something that's vital about this. The reason why I wanted to elect it is because fundamentally we're against somebody who is A, more powerful than us, but is also B, more religious than us. So the only thing that's going to stop them is by appealing to the fact that they are such an orthodox member of the Church of Slaslo, that knowing that there is a rule within the church that means that all combat has to be done in a very regimented, academic manner would prevent them from just like sending a robot to kill us all. A slucking duel with me, Mrs. W? You Did think I you stutter? can defeat me at a slucking jewel? <laughs> I accept. I accept your offer, for I shall defeat we're, you most soundly. We're gonna win, Theo. What is a slucking jewel? Allow me to dismount from my mount whilst your friend explains this slucking jewel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, descend. Lower. <laughs> Lower Paladin Prime. <laughs> That's it. Take me to the deck. Thank you, Paladin Prime. Lovely. Really good foley work. Okay, there, so <laughs> so I think I think there's a three way huddle between our heroes as uh, as we explain a sloking jewel. Um, Theo, what's a sloking jewel? Well, a sloking jewel has been uh, has been passed down through through the history of of the church for a very long time to such a degree that really. It doesn't really make sense what a sloking jewel is. I mean, for you know, for in the Byzantine Formian era, it was kind of traditionally sort of a, a poem reciting competition with each other. But now it's kind of it sort of exists. A lot. But basically, what it's going to be is 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 an academic test in which I have to surpass a very senior member of the church through a proof of my knowledge that proves that I have the right to a piece of academic knowledge owned by the Church of Slaslo, because the only way that we can prove that we deserve access to any text that is warred over by two people is with questions. It was kind of just the way originally of solving who wanted to loan a book from the library, because there weren't very many. It's tomes. <laughs> you know, that, that a lot of them were from before when there was industrial printing. It was a very convivial, sort of lovely collegiate thing. And now I'm about to use it as a kind of blood sport. And I'm kind of I terrified. Would, I would like to read the Da Vinci Code again. So would I. I have not yet learned all I can about Robert Langdon's incredible adventures. Sloking <laughs> Jewel? Sloking Jewel. I booked it three weeks ago, you you moron. Quick, fine, Sloking Jewel it is. Name ah, three characters in the Da Vinci Code. Ah, uh, that, that guy who whips himself. Um. Ha, <laughs> you've not read the book, exactly. Well, because I want I to read right it. To its it contents. keeps getting books exactly. out by you. You should never have challenged me to a Sloking Jewel, you fool, without reading the text. Oh, come on, And Hound that's on. how Adri Fermontsk and Theo stop being friends. <laughs> 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 okay, um, Mrs. W approaches. Templar Prime, would you like to officiate this sloking jewel? Yes, I would. Well, that's not fair. How can we be assured that he is completely neutral? Because Templar Prime is, I mean, not a neutral being. It is, of course, my servant, my prime. But Templar Prime is not a person so much as Templar Prime is 
a being of the church, and Mrs. W takes off Templar Prime's head to reveal... <laughs> Tom, what does it reveal? Well, that's not something you see every day. <laughs> <laughs> she takes off Templar Prime's head, and what is revealed is a book with eyes and a mouth. <laughs> Is it clippy? Is it essentially clippy? It's clip art. It's the clip art thing. Um, how, can, how can I assist in your sloking duel today? <laughs> your Pokédexes are in fact a sub-being uh, of Templar Prime. It was the church who created an artificial intelligence with all encyclopedic knowledge. And it is these beings, Miss, these rhymes. Mrs. W, would you like me to prove my workings to these unknowledgeables? To prove I my... would indeed. Prove it. Okay, I shall scan them. Oh. Ah, I feel him scanning me. I feel it scanning me. It's gross. I don't like I, it. I, don't I kind of like, like it. This yeah, is oh, like Kenny. Well, it's like a nice bath after all of this sweaty combat and rain. <laughs> Templar Prime scans Brandy first. This is Brandy Flash. She is the daughter of Whiskey. She hails from Surflow Town. She has amounted to very little. <laughs> Whoa, Brandy Flash! That was a law drop. Is she getting married to Cassius? Then scans scans Theo. As I, no, already scan Theo. Scan Theo in the church car. And then moves over. Are we over. just moving on from me? Are we just moving on from that? And then moves okay. over to Kenny. Scans Kenny. This information is classified. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh my god, you guys, I'm so interesting. So that is uh, that is Templar Prime, as you see. He's just a book with eyes, so you need not fear sorry, any kind I of foul like, play. You know what? It does feel like that book is is the parent of a Pokedex, because it just seemed to insult us both and then go away. And apparently that proves its knowledge. Fine. Yes, apparently Fine. Some However of the... you want to do this in the church, you go right ahead. Yes, you go right ahead. Templar Prime is artificial intelligence, you understand, so they will be an independent adjudicator in our critical duel for this tome, which rightfully belongs to me and the church. Dum, dum, well, dum, can't dum, argue with that. Dum, dum. So I think the way it's going to work is that uh, we're going to ask each other questions, David, about the world of Formia. And <laughs> oh, great! Me against the person who invented it. No, I, I, I mean just completely, system. completely random stuff. As there are three of you holding onto this tome, and I am so confident in my abilities, so you can play as a team and ask questions as a team because I will defeat you all. You understand? Not really, but let's go. All right. Who is your first question answerer? I believe number one, Theo, our best player. No offense, Kenny. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I'm taken that, that at all. Correct. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, to be honest, Kenny, it's got to be Theo because as of two seconds ago, I didn't know my own last name. So, <laughs> Brandy, <laughs> were suppose... you related to that tramp on the train? <laughs> I start to think so. Sorry, Stuart. Let me just uh, update my old character sheet. Uh... <laughs> Which... I just want to say, I do want to say, I like the name Brandy Flash. 
oh, it's a cool name, but I now know... It sounds like a toiletry, but it does also sound... <laughs> Theo, we're on the same team here for once. Can, can you just ask the question? Mrs. W rounds on the three of you uh, with Templar Prime standing between you and takes up a relaxed... Stance. I think like an academic stuff. I was going, I was genuinely going to, and then I just couldn't. I was, I was playing with my own hands, Tom, trying to work out what the, what one academic stance was. <laughs> just kind of put my hands together. Pulls out a pipe. Just, no, it is. It's an academic church stance. It's quite threatening, actually, Theo. You bring your two hands together and you form out each of the vowels with your hands. You go a. I'm trying to do this into mic and camera. E. You go a e i o u. It's kind of like the hacker for the church. And once the hacker is completed, Mrs. W lifts her hooded blonde head and asks. Which Pokemon melted the ice caps of the Shingle Frank Forest? Well, this is going to be a nightmare for me on the old wiki, isn't it? <laughs> Could you repeat it, Stacey? The Shingle? The Shingle Frank Forest. Which but it, Pokemon melted the But the Shingle Frank Forest caps. is on a mountain. That is why there is ice caps there. Theo flashes back to a class with Kanan in which this conversation may or may not have come up. The, the subject of the, of the Shingle Frank ice caps, a, a popular <laughs> point of contention amongst members of a certain academic <laughs> suit in which it was discussed. Theo thinks that at the time, the ice caps were... Have been have been gone for a very have been gone for a very lot. Oh. Does Theo, <laughs> does, does Theo can, know the answer, or is Theo you can, bluffing? You can you can literally say anything you want. I could I could. <laughs> the problem is, it's trying to think. It's, I've literally blanked on every fire type Pokemon. Um, so Theo has the memory and looks returns to the moment. Is there in front of Mrs W again and goes. The Shigglefrank polar ice caps were melted by a group of renegade magmortars that had turned against a tribe of local Electivire. I love it. Okay, let's see if this is right. So, I think I think we're gonna roll. We're gonna roll. I think what if what if Theo rolls two d six plus sharp? I think plus okay sharp. plus sharp plus sharp. Yeah, fair enough. Plus sharp. Let's reward for Theo for, be, yeah, for, for choosing being, something, being choosing a clever. battle that they're good at. Yeah, fair enough. Just to make sure, I am plus two in sharp, so we're gonna do that. Oh, oh, oh that is a five oh, baby. and a five plus a two. Theo. Oh, them magmodas do. Mm-mm. <laughs> Dem Magmora. Wow. Templar Prime hears the answer and goes, that is undoubtedly correct. All right. Well, yes, I thought I'd give you a, an easy one to just test test you off the bat. But now things get serious. Who is your second question answerer? So is it a best uh, of three, are we saying? It is best me, of me, three. Best of it is best me, of three. Me, me, me. Theo, Theo, pick me. Kenny, Brandy Kenny steps forward. I feel like this is going to go well. Who, who are you? Brandy, Brandy Flesh, was it interesting? Oh. Well, apparently so, but I'm going to ask questions about that later. You, I feel like You will never defeat me, for I am one of the most knowledgeable persons in the church. And yes, I gave an easy one to the church member because I will defeat them later. But you, who are you? You are some girl, a lowlife from Surfloat. You know nothing of the world. Well, guess what? I've actually travelled the world. You're looking at the ex-cheerleader of the Pokemon champion, and I can't think of any profession smarter than that. Okay, so you get you get to ask Mrs. W a question now, Brenda. Okay.
How did former Pokemon champion Gary Smoke defeat Bruin, the dark type gym leader of Tapu Dabi, with his Lucario? Please roll plus sharp, I guess? Yeah, yeah. Brandy is in sharp. One plus one plus one. Oh, not good. Oh, dear. <sighs> but I level up. I level up. Oh, I rolled a one. Nice. I rolled a one plus a three plus one. So I have five. So that is a failure. Can you now take a feat that allows you to re-answer quiz questions? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I can. <laughs> Mrs. W chuckles with a small smile. <laughs> I knew you were a silly girl. Ask me about gym battles. You think I don't know because they are recreational leisure activities and I am woman of learning? <laughs> you fool. I am Ruin's biggest fan. And she pulls back her cloak a little bit to reveal Ruin's badge on her cape. No! I didn't even win this. Ruin just gave it to me while we were discussing dark types over a really black coffee with no milk. <laughs> we're just very good friends. And I was there, I was at that match and I saw... Gary Smoke, Pokemon champion, most famous trainer in all of Formia, you silly girl. And I saw Luke, the Lucario, defeat by turning on all the lights in the gym, therefore illuminating all the dark type Pokemon. It was an incredible move. Ruin never saw it coming. Yeah, okay, if you want to bring it down to that most basic sort of thing of him turning on the lights, what, you know, the thing was, was that because Ruin's such a long gym leader, all the light switches were very high up. So he had to boost Lucario up to the light switch. But yeah, fine, fine. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you, I suppose, if if that's what the AI creature is going to say. I'm afraid that yes, Mrs. W is, of course, correct. It was the light switch battle, as remarked by the Daily Telegraph. The Daily Telegraph That, that was, that was oh. the headline. I can oh, print it out for you right now, if you, if you like. I'd love to read it, if you may. Oh. Do you know the Daily Telegraph ran a whole double-page spread on that battle? But not about the battle, just ranking the cheerleaders from most attractive to least attractive. And I don't think we should look at the article. Place in that? No, guy, that is... It comes out. It comes out Templar Prime's point. chest. You can look at it if you want. No, don't look at it. I'll judge anyone who looks at it, because there's no need to look at it. There's absolutely no Oh my god, no Mandy need. is very attractive. Well, according to the Daily Telegraph... I no, understand Mark one. coming quite as high as he did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Who is the next question answerer? Also, Numel puts it's his hand up. Can we join Numel, Melissa into the, into the game? Or are we doing... No, okay, Kenny. Oh, Kenny goes... I, I tried yeah. to drive this thing with a claw. I'm a bit busy. <laughs> I could come and help you. I'm very aware that I also have poker powers, but I'm I'm about to answer this question. <laughs> Kenny, think about the priorities. What? Five minutes? Max. Max. <laughs> so now does Kenny have to answer a question Kenny has from to answer Mrs. a w? question, yeah. Okay. What is Mrs. W going to ask Kenny? Um... Ooh. I'm so knowledgeable about everything. How old are you, child? Way? Hello, I'm Kenneth Mullet, and I am 17 years old. 17? Oh, bless oh, yes. you, you sweet summer child. Was that my question? Oh my god, I got it right, you guys! Ten, ten plot prime goes, won! Kenny is <laughs> correct. <laughs> yeah! <No! laughs> oh, I've been outsmarted. Please, please, can that be Yes, that is it, that is it. <laughs> 
Mrs. W, Mrs. W just does the biggest face palm and like has the shadows across her face. <laughs> well, <laughs> bye bye. Fine, fine. It is. What is it? So yeah, it's first to three, and this is the final one. All right. Oh, please, Theo, win it. I don't want it to be all on Brandy again. Yeah, it's Theo. <laughs> Theo's back in the in the hot seat in the mastermind chair, and oh, Mrs. Du- Mrs. W has so like good. an intense anime in a monologue. Oh my goodness, this is it. One question, and they could win the tome away from me in the church. I must defend it, I must defend my right. What do I go for? <gasps> of course, Mrs. W. Something about which nobody else will know. Something about which I am the only specialist. My dissertation that took me to the I rank. <laughs> it's a shame that it's Theo's turn to ask a question. What? <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Man, I'm I'm really under pressure. I'm blowing this. Can we get a quick little flashback of Mrs. W at the Sloking Dueling Olympics held at the church conclave every year and absolutely bombing the final against her direct rival, uh, Mr. N. No, no, Mr. Mr. N, my direct rival. I've I have encountered him at the finals every year and yet each time he bests me with some random fact. About, often about chocolate wrappers. I must eat more chocolate. Must bear that in mind next year, Mrs. W. All right, here we go. I will ask Mr. N a question. No, he's asking me a question. What does Mr. N ask me? It was your turn to ask a question, so this is what I'm asking you. Is that right, Prime? Uh, 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 uh. Of course, that is (coughs) correct, Mr. N. No! The crowd stopped booing. All right, this, okay. this is it. I can win. Theo, Theo stands tall and thinks about how their entire academic life has been designed to get to the point of besting one of the members of the compass of the Church of Slaslo. This has been a dream. This has been everything that Theo has ever wanted in their long, smug career in academia. <laughs> and Theo realises exactly what question they're going to ask. And they look down at their bandolier where they've got a round orb featuring Jason the Combi that has never been put in a Pokeball yet. It's still just sat there as the round orb. And Theo looks at it, goes to Mrs. W. What is the average flying speed of a male combi? a luck point going to be used yeah I think well <laughs> obviously you need to you need to roll David but yeah I think I think this might be a luck point situation if we need it <gasps> oh! oh Theo rolls a 12 oh Theo I'm not I'm not even going to pilot Mrs. W here I want I want you three to play Mrs. W's brain cells trying to work this out is it Galarian? Is it Formian? Is well, it wait, how big are the wings? The wings, wait, the average combi or the biggest combi? This is crazy. I must know. Sometimes when they're learning to fly, one wing flaps bigger than the other one. And then she just comes out with a gobbled. 82.5! 82.5! Brandy, can you look at each other like, yes? No? 
Is that right? And I think and I think I before even Templar Prime can respond to this remark, because even Templar Prime is still processing it in uh, their database. Theo Absolutely. Just it's so niche. It's such niche knowledge. <laughs> oh, Templar so Prime's having to go far, and the only, so far back. And the only dissertation in Templar Prime's database, because it's nobody Theo's. else has ever done it, is Theo's. And so before <laughs> Templar Prime can even access the information, Theo just goes... <laughs> <laughs> it's 34.2 <laughs> at last Theo wins again <laughs> and Mrs W collapses to her knees she is sweating profusely her previously calm academic demeanour now lost her blonde hair tousled and frazzled her hood descended onto her shoulder she no longer has that menacing look um, but one of just utter defeat she has been bested in that which she holds most dear, and she just collapses into tears. No, no, this, I am a member of the compass. This was my right. I must have the tome. Sorry, you lost. Can Who's the rules? 34.2 what? 82.5 Randy, Randy, don't question sorry, it. Sorry, sorry, no. I'm sorry. Yeah, you lost. You lost, your witch. <laughs> and Mrs. W gets onto Templar Prime and take, take us away. Take us away! <laughs> who takes off with her into the skies, off to who knows where. Into the clouds, they disappear. Inquisitor Rain, Chapter One. <laughs> I'm not going to go full BBC Radio. Full, do it, please fun. do it, David. It's so good. <laughs> People will lose their minds at how good it is. The sound of rain rattling the canopy of leaves and pattering to the soil and undergrowth was cut by the whistling of a blade through the air, a heavy impact, and a cry of pain. Brant Saber's hands curled into fists, digging troughs in the wet dirt as the pain surged through him. He trembled, managing to roll onto his back. Around his neck was a bandana with a kraken octillery emblazoned on it, now stained with blood running from his nose and lips. He looked up, blinking rain out of his eyes, his breath shaky and heavy. A cipher stared back, wings fluttering with a threatening rattle as it scraped its forelimbs, little chitinous sparks scattering in the damp air. He also saw the red eyes of a great black bird above him, rain running off its feathers as if they were pure steel. The move, false swipe, is a very useful one, I've found. A soft voice said above the rain. The Pokémon who use it are very skilled, you see. Precise. They know how to inflict pain and damage without ever causing enough to send the victim into shock or unconsciousness. As if to punctuate this, the Scyther's blade whistled through the air again, striking Brant across the chest and sending another spike of searing pain through him. <laughs> so do I need to ask you again? Brant's attacker came into view, standing above him. A dark hood shielded part of their face, but he could see pale skin and dark hair, darker eyes, and the hint of a scar on their brow and scalp. They were dressed shockingly formally for a trek through the woods, with a waistcoat, dress pants, a necktie, and a hooded peacoat, all in various shades of black and grey. They looked down at him, their soft, thin face staring into his. Look! Brandt managed through bloody teeth. I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't even know who you are. There was no attack. Storms just happen in Surfloat Town. It's part of living by this stretch of sea. 
My name is Rain, the dark figure said. Helsing Inquisitor Rain. As for Surfloat, a town built on that stretch of sea, with all the precautions in place to weather those storms, is nearly wiped off the map, and it's just the weather. They stared into his eyes with an impatient, sceptical sneer. I suppose the tower being bombarded was just the weather as well? Brandt grimaced and tried to crawl backwards, his feet struggling to find purchase in the mud and wet leaves. <laughs> well, I heard it, so some rogue member of the church did that. I I'm telling you, I I've got no idea what the hell you're, you're on about. Rain raised an eyebrow. You're a terrible liar, but you're dedicated. I'll admit that, at least. It's a shame where that loyalty lies. A bunch of thugs and sociopaths that think they're the new Team Rocket. You don't know a damn thing about us! Brant hissed. Team Nautilus. Kidnaps and exploits people. You destroy entire towns. You burn down churches. You're nothing more than a pack of pillaging marauders. Barbarians at the gates. You're scum of the lowest calibre. Rain shot back at him with a sharp venom in their tone. Don't stroke your ego and try to pretend you're something you're not. You're a villain, plain and simple. Brant held his ribs, trembling with anger now. And what does that make you, huh? You think you're better than me? You came out of nowhere and attacked us. You think you're some kind of hero? Don't make me bloody laugh. Rain's eyes darkened and they slowly stood up. I'm not a hero, they said in a soft, flat tone. I'm more of a monster than you are. But I'm trying to create a better world in my wake. Trying to protect the innocent from threats they don't understand. Even if that means hurting people. The needs of the many outweigh that cost. And I am willing to bear that sin. What about you? What good have you done for anyone other than yourselves? Rain's fists tightened, their leather gloves creaking. Enough of this chit-chat. I want you to tell me where the people who attacked Surfloat are. I want to know which of the supernatural they have in captivity. Last chance. Go to hell. Brant snarled, spitting a mouthful of blood at them. The cipher hissed and raised its blades, Brant's eyes squeezing shut in anticipation. Rain simply raised their hand and the cipher stopped short, lowering the blades to its sides and stepping back. Well, you've made your choice. Loyal to your cult of scum to the last, I suppose. They reached into their coat, snapping their wrist to unfold a carbon steel rod. Understand that all you're doing is delaying me briefly. There is a reckoning coming, and your stubborn pride will not stop it. They swung their wrist down, and Brant went limp. The cipher looked up at its trainer with a quizzical cock of its head, drawing one of its blades across its throat and letting out a questioning chirrup. No, Reeves. The trainer answered. String them up and leave them for someone from the League to find. We have to continue the investigation. They turned and looked at the fainted Pokémon and unconscious members of Team Nautilus around them. After some time and effort, each member of them was hanging by their feet from the trees above, their Pokéballs out of reach on the forest floor. Rain stared up at them, eyes hard. They deserved worse than this. Violent thoughts flashed through their head, vengeful, wrathful thoughts. They clenched their fists and let out a long, trembling breath, focusing, centering themselves, letting the white-hot iron within them smoulder and cool. No, they were better than that. They had to be. They would be. Rain pulled back their hood, their hair shaved on one side of their head, where the burn scar ran along their scalp from the brow to the back. On the other, it fell in cascading waves down past their chin. They let the rain dampen their face, the cool water running down their cheeks and over their scar. They let out another long breath, taking in that moment. 
Rain whistled, their corvinites dropping from the trees and landing, lowering its body for Rain to climb atop it. They extended a pokeball and called back Reeves. They gently reached down and pat the giant bird's head. All right, Mordred, we've got more hunting to get to. Rain pulled their hood back up over their head, pulling a pair of goggles over their eyes. Mordred's head raised and it let out a sharp metallic shriek as it took to the skies. That piece of excellent fanfiction was sent in to us by Albion on our Discord, who runs Green Mountain Mysteries podcast. Go find that podcast wherever you can. And we'd just like to say a big thank you to Albion for sending in a, an amazing bit of fanfiction for us to read and to really show off David's voice that we don't do in the podcast at all. I am available for all of your audio and corporate needs. That was incredibly soothing. It really thank was. Thank you very much. Thank you. It really was. Um, but yeah, if you've got if you've got a short fan fiction piece, and we mean, you know, we're not going to read out reams and reams, but if you've got a short little scene, please send it to us because, you know, we really enjoyed doing that. Yeah, it's much easier for us. We didn't have to work for. Exactly. It's much easier for us. We don't have to think at all. Uh, and we just get to showcase some of our audience's amazing creativity, which we know you've yeah. all got. So send that into criticalditto at gmail.com. I've now got my 800-page Brandy's Childhood autobiography. Who wants to read that with me? Anyone? No? Ali, you've left. Stu, you've left. David, where did you go? I've, I've got a train to catch. You've got uh, a train? So We're I'm in lockdown, gonna... David. You... Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, um, it's a very special train. Okay, if for no one, I'll just start and then everyone just jump in. Uh, <laughs> here we go. When I was birthed, I did not cry. I did not whimper. I did not scream. I merely looked into the eyes of my father, the Celio, and said, You must be my dad. We've got the same whiskers. <laughs> is, that, is that what you imagine the autopilot would be? <laughs> Who's that Pokemon? It's Templar Prime! As the three of you see Templar Prime and Mrs. W disappearing off into the clouds, you hear a rather large thump on the deck of the ship behind you. The ship is still moving quite slowly with Melissa and Teronius at the helm, but as you turn from where you were standing to now face the back of the ship, you see that a giant Megagyrados has landed on the ship. No longer looking necessarily threatening and intimidating, but still a large, impressive beast. And sliding down the back of the Gyarados towards you is Eliza. Oh, hi, Eliza. Um, Brandy takes the ruler sword and goes, You take one step closer and I swear I will cut no, this tome no, in half. Brandy, and then Brandy, you've got nothing. Brandy, then you've Brandy, got nothing. Brandy, Brandy, we're, we're kind of like, we're kind of good, I think. Oh? Yeah. We had, we had, you know, you know the dark void place that I took you to? I went to hers. We had a, we had a chat. You went into a dark void. Oh yeah, I remember now. I remember. Eliza comes off the tail of the of the Gyarados, who looks at her with concern and care. But no one can tell. <laughs> but still looks menacing and terrifying. Pretty, pretty sure it wants to eat it, eat her. But uh. And she just, I think she just collapses to her knees, and her head bows, and this hair draped down over her. This marine uniform that she'd been wearing this worn tattered multiple use admiral's navy jacket just hangs really heavy on her shoulders and she just looks shattered and exhausted do you want to sit down i'm sorry hey we all make mistakes 
Yeah, some people make mistakes, some people drop a cup, other people destroy towers and entire towns. Mistakes. Yeah, yeah, we all make mistakes. That's fair. I'm not saying I'm a good person. I'm not saying I deserve anything. I'm just saying I know I've done wrong and I'm tired and I just want to stop fighting now. Oh, I'm glad you want to stop fighting. I'm glad finally you've decided after all this whole train thing you want to stop fighting. Because I tell you what, you are someone who deserves something. You deserve prison. You deserve Pokemon League prison for the rest of your life for all those people you killed in Surfloat Town. And God Brandy. knows... Brandy, mercy, do the right thing, remember? Oh, Theo using my own words against me. This is so annoying. I can see why that would have been annoying you on your side when I said that to you now. Oh! Brandy storms off. Let me just queer up these skies. And she sort of waves away the storm, the clouds part, the sun starts to shine through, the rain eases, and the deck starts to dry in what otherwise would have been a lovely sunny day in Formia. The haze is gone so we can see each other now. Haze is now gone. Yep. Tom. Randy, your hair is very wet. (laughs) It really is. It's really (laughs) disturbing. (laughs) As the sun starts to shine through and the storm dissipates, you now see clear skies and you can see over the, the edge of the ship now and see down below. The train has obviously stopped. And it seems from your vantage point that actually most people seem to be fairly safe down there. The grunts that were still operational down the ground had lost contact with their leader and have either scattered or have been round up by members of the train, by our hoity-toities, by Robin, by the defence force on the train, by by Ruth and... Bobbert and all of the trained defence force and also Salad and Caribbean Blue have regained consciousness and are helping to round up grunts on the floor beneath you. But as you look over the side of the train, you do see on the approach Cassius Flash and Calico riding on David. Riding on David? (laughs) Whoa! Now it's a party! (laughs) What type Um, are you, David? (laughs) Fairy. I was getting very fairy. (laughs) Uh, Mega Altaria. Oh, lovely. Oh, also a dragon type. Very cool. <laughs> Love that. You see Calico and Cassius ascending towards the, the deck that you and I stood on, on a mega Altaria, nestled in amongst the fluffy furry feathers, and with a few swoops of the Altaria wings. Altaria! Altaria! It descends onto the deck, and Calico, who's been clinging on for dear life, slides off, but Cassius dismounts with a lot more grace and lands on the deck of the ship. Where have you been? Listen, we've had things to deal with on the ground. Is everything under control up here? Yeah, no thanks to you. We just defeated the leader of Team Nautilus and a psychotic member of the Church of Slaslow. Just the three of us. And Melissa. Sorry, Melissa, that was my fault. Wait, I... Kaylin as well. Can Sorry, someone Kaylin. please help me with this wheel? This is so strenuous Eliza, for me. Eliza, can, can you do anything to wake up Taronius and convince him not to start attacking anyone? Uh, yes, Taronius has a, an odd way of being woken up. You just need to rub his claw. I... <laughs> Doesn't seem anything weird about that. Absolutely. Go I've, never, I've never questioned it myself. Kenny goes up and gives it a rub. I'm going to take that soundbite and use that as my uh, text tone. <laughs> <laughs> So Cassius Flash, I think, cuffs Elisa with some Pokemon League cuffs. You see him pull out his poor iPhone and make a call. And you can hear Cassius contacting Dramoxis of the Elite Four of the Pokemon League and the rest of Operation Ironclaw, who Dramoxis um, heads up, who are the 
task force of the Pokemon League, mainly attributed with dealing with Team Nautilus specifically, which is uh, an NPC listener suggestion by Ryan Dumphy. Thank you very much, Ryan. You only had to wait about a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> As is tradition. Happy Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Cassius is obviously making that call. We've uh, we've located Eliza. She's in custody. You need to get here as soon as possible. <laughs> Tom, what is Calico doing? Calico is awkwardly hanging just out of Eliza's sight behind the Mega Altaria. It's sort of no- noticeable that he is staying very much out of the eye line, lurking in the background. Okay. Meanwhile, Kenny is waking up Tyronius Chunder. Rub, rub, rub. Rubbing the claw, nothing weird about right. rubbing the Kenny, claw. is this all right to wake him up right now? Should I let go? What What are we doing? Should I pull him out? I think it's okay. <laughs> I mean, Please, can you I not say, wa- shall I pull him out? <laughs> all right. Please, I don't know, his, claw, his claws like indented in the wheel. I, I, shall I, I retract you, I him? You, I tell is that you, right? I tell you what, is that better? Why don't Why don't you take him out? <laughs> I'll, I'll take him I'll out. Take, and I'll take the wheel. I, can you handle it, Kenny? Only one way to find out. Kenny, listen. <laughs> Kenny, listen. Before I... Pull him out. There's I, nothing weird about this. I know this is a loving moment between two siblings. I know we've had our differences in the past. Don't mind me robbing the claw. Yep, just keep doing that. But mm. I, I know we've had our differences in the past, and that we've not always seen eye to eye, particularly in the last few hours. And I'm sorry that I lashed out about you and harboured a lot of negative feelings towards you and what happened. But I see now that you are taking responsibility and you are trying to help in your own way. And that whatever is happening to you is something that I can't even begin to understand. Thank you for that. But it concerns me that you had to see everything you just saw to realise that. Unfortunately, I'm realising on this journey that a lot of polka-powered people, we have it pretty bad. If I can help myself, maybe I can help them as well. Because not everyone's going to be able to take over a pirate ship and save a train and all that stuff so that their family and friends will understand where they're going through. I want you to take something for me. Okay. And take it back to mum and dad and read it to Dora because I've written her something. And Kenny takes out the card, the little postcard that he got right at the start of the arc where he was going to write a letter on. The airmail thing, yeah. The airmail thing, yeah. That he wrote on in a little interlude, maybe just before Brandy's gym battle. He's going to give that to Melissa and ask her to... I will, I will. And I think Melissa just sort of looks at you. It's not something she's used to, but opens her arms for an embrace. Oh, Kenny doesn't miss a beat. He goes right in there with a hug. I love you. Love you too. Stop touching my claw. Oh, sorry, we've got to grab the is up. <laughs> no, I just, I was enjoying the claw touching and... Uh, right, so you're awake. You're awake, are you? Listen, can you just pull your claw out of the wheel already? You humpback can man. I, can I hand Tyronius back to, to David? I'm very much infringing can on his idea. Hand him or claw I, him back? I really I enjoyed the move of Tyronius to South Yorkshire, but I shall continue. <laughs> uh, where, um, Savage. I'll, I'll just uh, I'll just uh, do a little do a little shake free. It's, it's all in the wrist, really. It's you get used to it after a few years with a with a crustacean hand. Just to let you know, don't try any funny business. All right, your boss has been defeated. There's elite four members on their way. You're kind of outnumbered here. Sorry, 
Tyronius. Actually, yeah. How does Tyronius react when he when he sort of wakes up, David? I think Tyronius for a second thinks everything must be completely normal because he's back at the steering wheel of the ship that he yep. he pilots. So for a second, he's like, oh, great. Nothing happened. We're about to begin our attack on on the train. Yes. Suddenly sees everybody there and then pauses and remembers something. Does anybody have any skill in, in, in helping people with, with poker powers? Because I'll let you go if you help me out. And Melissa, Melissa looks at Kenny with this like knowing look, like you just said. People with poker powers need help, Kenny. And I did just ask a very good question to defeat someone in the church. I so. didn't witness that, but I'm sure you did. Oh, it was a humdinger. Was it? You mm. te- tell me about another time, Kenny. Another time. Another time. I'll write you another postcard. Kenny, do you think I lost my job? <laughs> Uh, I'll give you two of my five per DM points every week. How about that? That, that <laughs> would be so appreciated. That's I'm good a, for one potion. I'm going to go for now. We can leave, down leave you with the claw man. Me and Tyronius, me and Tyronius swapping tips about how to control their powers. <laughs> Brandy. Gary Smoke wakes up. Yes! I've been waiting for this. Oh, man. He missed everything. He missed all of Brandy's oh, good stuff. What did I miss? Why is it so hot suddenly? I thought we were like, it was raining. Oh, something must have hit me hard, man, to be out that long. Brandy opens his, like, little rucksack thing that he had with him and is going to take out a pair of shorts and she's, she says, Look, just put those on, please. Cover yourself up, Gary. It's not what? a good look. What? What's what's wrong with my look? There's nothing wrong with your look. I'm just saying it's quite revealing, okay? And that's not the time now. The mission is done. You failed your mission. I failed? What? You're welcome. <laughs> Gary Smoke doesn't fail. Baby, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, all I'm saying is that me and some others, but mainly me, just defeated Team Nautilus, got what we came for, with no help from you, because you've been asleep this whole time. So, you know, all sleep? I'm saying is me and my buddy Wimpy right here, and I think Wimpy is doing a nice, like, bun bun, with a little sort of leg. If, if Gary's on the floor, sort of Wimpy's got his own leg on top of Gary's stomach, like, bun 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 bun. Huh. So my Pokemon are safe? Well, I assume so. I don't know. You can well, go below Elisa. deck and What's happened with Elisa? Oh, she's just over there getting arrested huh. by the Pokemon League. So she is. Okay, and Gary sort of drags himself to his feet, uh, puts on the shorts, I guess, <laughs> because I can make anything work, baby. <laughs> he looks better with the shorts on, and she's like, God damn it. <laughs> uh, dusts himself off, and he's like, right, well, I, uh, I better go get my Pokemon back and, you know, Reclaim my place as uh, champion of the Pokemon region. <laughs> yeah, go back to, you know, traveling from town to town, partying, do whatever you want. Because that's what the Pokemon champion does, right? Go claim your place. Yeah, and You're Gary, welcome, Gary just takes a, like, a lock of your pink hair, Brandy, and just twirls it around his finger and just like lets it go like, yeah, you know what? I will, baby. I will. Um, hey, thanks, Toots. Thanks for the help. Uh, and just goes to leave. And then as he does, he stops for a second, turns back, and just goes, listen... I don't know what happened back on that train. I must have been hit by a pretty solid dark pulse to go down like that. Um, but something I do remember before I went down was... Whew, that Bunnery, man, that was a solid hit to break into the train. That's got some power. Power in those bunny, bunny pops. Um, bun, 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 bun. Brandy, pretty, very... Yeah, well, you know, listen, don't judge a book by its cover. I don't know where Luke Lucario is right now. I, I mean, I... Uh, I think he went off to save me or something, but he's missing an action. But uh, yeah, for some reason he cares about you. I wouldn't understand. There's why. a there's a spot in my team open right now, um, and I don't know. I'm thinking maybe that that bunny can fill it. 
What do you think? What do you think, Buneary? You want a spot on the Pokemon Champions team? So Gary Spoke um, is offering Wimpy the Baneri the chance to be part of the Pokemon Champions team. Possibly did, Wimpy's did, dream? Did do one damage to that Gyarados. Yeah, I mean, and, and in fairness, this is Wimpy's kind of first... The the dream was to be... Oh, jeez. Just, I'm just going to leave leave that with you, Tom. Fade down. Fade down. <laughs> no, we no, can't fade down, fade down Brandy. No, fade the down. scene continues. No, just, <laughs> just like Gary did in the Ruin fight, the lights stay on. The, the lights, lights stay on. on. Okay. It's a really hard one because it is Wimpy's ultimate goal was this. And I think Bandy is having flashbacks of her being powerless to stop Wimpy getting beaten up by Gary the Skaroopy in the forest. She remembers just her trying to pound her way through Heron's Porygon and failing that. She remembers Baneri going out into their first gym battle together and being one-shotted immediately and knocked out. You know, I think the S on her stomach kind of burns again in that guilt, that feeling of like, Baneri is a really strong Pokemon. She knows that and he's proven it so many times. And it's been her failure as a trainer that has meant that Baneri hasn't had the success that Baneri is due. Brandy throws it to Baneri because of that guilt. She gets down onto her, onto one knee. Uh, Hey, babe, no need to propose. I'm going to say no. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm not proposing to you, Gary, please. And she looks at Wimpy and is quite deadly serious for once. And she says, um, Oh, you, uh, we, um, we've been together for quite quite a while now. I think it's been four days. Bun, bun. No, it's not been four days. It's been months. It's been months. Bun, been, bun, been, bun, yeah, bun, it's been months. Bun, bun, Look, I, I'm going to be really honest with you. I am not a great trainer. Maybe I'm okay. Okay, I did get a gym badge, um, but I'm not the Pokemon champion. And maybe that's a pipe dream. I, I almost feel like my ambition is changing the more I hang out with uh, Theo and Kenny. And maybe there's more going on there than trying to be the Pokemon champion. Bringing justice to Team Nautilus, that feels huge for me. And I could never have done it without you. But you're an amazing Pokemon. And I don't want to keep you as my partner unless you... Um want to be here but i can't promise pokemon fame i can't promise that we'll be the best combination since well gary smoke and luke the lucario but i want you to choose to be here or if you do decide you want to be on the team of the pokemon champion then 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 go for that i'm not here to tell you what to do i'm gonna let you make the choice and then i'm gonna roll the dice okie dokie that seems like the only fair way to do it i i think probably the best way to do it is to roll 2d6 um, plus one for the speech. For the speech. Uh, and we say, as David said, seven through twelve, Baneri decides to stay. One, one through, through six, six Baneri yeah. decides. Okay, so it's two. To leave. It's two d six plus one, but God, we're eliminating like the middle. This success. is such high stakes. Okay. <sighs> oh, the, poli- the police! The, the police are like, this is wrong. It's too high Stop stakes. This. Stop this, this right is, now. This is, this is podcast robbery. <laughs> you should go to oh. jail, all of you. <laughs> oh, we've um. Oh, we've run out of time. See you next two weeks, guys. See you in two weeks for this roll. <laughs> now I'm going to roll it. I'm going to press enter on the on the screen. 2d6 plus 
Oh my god! <laughs> it's an eight, everyone. I rolled Just an eight. When he sticks around. Oh man. He sticks around. So Tom, what does I don't think David and I realised how attached we were to Wimpy. What does that moment <laughs> what was that moment of indecision look like? Wimpy kind of resolves to leave. You know, this is what I want. I want to be a powerful Pokemon. I want to prove everyone wrong that I'm the strongest Baneri out there and maybe even one of the strongest Pokemon out there in the world. Their ambition is so crystallized in that moment. So they nod to Brandy. Baneri turns and walks towards Gary Smoke. And Gary says Wimpy, buddy, that's right, me and you, together at last, conquering the world. Beniri just bursts into tears and turns around and gives Brandy a big old hug. It's sort of saying, I'm not strong and I don't care. It may not be what I want, but I know that it's what I need is to be with you. And, and Gary Smoke's like, bro, lame, crying? No, no, you Emotions? are out. Emotions? <laughs> you are out. Yeah, well, uh, that was a big whiff. Uh, big bad move from that Baneri. What? Could have had fame, fortune, power, glory, and was like, no, no, I want to go cry and hug some ex-cheerleader who means nothing. Wow. Whoopsie. <laughs> all right. And, um, Brandy's actually not responding to Gary at all, and it's just hugging I said, Wimpy. I said, I said, some ex-cheerleader nobody who amounts to nothing. <laughs> uh, you, can you hear me? There's no storm going on anymore. It's, it's just, you know. Thank you, Wimpy. <laughs> this means everything to me, and I'm not going to let you down. <laughs> Whatever. And Gary Smoke turns to leave to go fetch his Pokemon from Elisa's personal office. And Wimpy looks up at you, Brandy, tears still in his eyes, and starts to glow. There is a there is a whooshing and a whirring, and this time it's not the storms, it's not the wind that is conjured by Lisa. It's something very personal between you and Wimpy, Brandy, as you feel Wimpy start to grow, so much so that you start to loosen this hug, and Wimpy's form changes and grows. The ears get a little longer. The bipedal... The form gets a little sexy. <laughs> I'm like... Starts <laughs> 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 good. More erotic. Um, the, the body becomes more hourglassy. No. <laughs> you see the forms start to grow, Brandy, as the ears elongate and become thicker. The eyebrows grow longer and more elaborate. Wimpy's form becomes slightly taller, more muscular, a broader chest. As the light starts to fade and dissipate, you see that Wimpy is no longer a small fluffy paneery, but rather a larger, even elegant-looking Lopany. Lopany? Lopany. Oh my god. Lopany? Oh my god. Wimpy, you evolved! You evolved! Brandy Lop- takes out her Lopany. Pokedex. Lopany! Uh, Brandy points the Pokedex at Lopany. Ah, uh, ah. Oh. No, no, I'm wet. Why am I wet? And Brandy you, closes the Pokedex. Were you keeping me in a pocket when it... the storm was... No, I... Oh. Brandy closes the Pokedex. <laughs> Alright, you're closing me. Whatever. Sure. And puts it in a pocket. You know what? We could do that later. Lopany. And then... And then hugs Lopany. Now, now Brandy stands up. How tall is Lopany? Um, <laughs> I don't want to get caught out like David did with Togekiss. Not that tall. All right. I would okay. One point one nine meters. Brandy stays on one knee, but this time hugs upwards to meet right. Lopany's. Arms. And the pair of you look out to the side of the ship to see Gary, who's received his Pokemon, flying away on Tom. What is what is Gary's designated flyer? 
Oh, of course. He's got to have a he's got to have a, a tight flying type coverage. Obviously, of course. Flying so we know he's got a Lucario, Tyrantrum, and an Espeon. He's off. He's left Numel. Absolutely savage. <laughs> oh, Numel's Numel's up for grabs, guys. Yeah, there is there is a there is a rogue Slowpoke and a Numel just on deck. <laughs> and Noivern is cool. Noivern, okay. We'll Noivern's quite Gary, quite loud and annoying. And I imagine what's uh, Noivern's um, smoking oh. memorabilia? Those two ears, just like, just sort of smoke as it goes along. Oh yeah, it smokes through the up. ears. It does ear yeah, smoking. Like- yeah, <laughs> it's, got, it's got a cigar in either that ear. Old, that old chestnut, the old ear smoke. Mm, puff, puff, baby. Never go to a Turkish barber without one. <laughs> you see Gary on the Neuvern disappearing, and Numel just hanging on off the side, going, Numel? He's so sad. Smoke in your screens! And he's gone. He's gone. Let's cut to Theo. Theo, yeah, I assume, still, I assume you'll more, wrap up. One more uh, significant NPC that we've got to interact with. I guess, I guess Kanan? Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be, right? It's got to be, we right? Each, we each had one. Mm. It's almost, like, good. <laughs> <laughs> Stu, come on, don't be silly. It's not good. Don't do that to yourself. Oh, dear. Yeah. Theo, I think you see Kanan looking... He's off to one side. Kenny, Melissa, and Teronius are up on the uh, the helmsman deck. Uh, Brandy's over to the side with uh, now a Lopany, and um, Cassius is handling things in the middle with Elisa. Uh, Calico's hiding behind an Altaria, and you can see in the distance now, approaching the airship, are a team of Pokemon trainers on dragons, on various dragon types, looking to Salamence and Dragonite. Yeah, descending. just all of them, all of them flying dragon types just swooping in coming over the horizon towards the ship but you see Kanan off to one side curled up looking sheepish looking a little sad there maybe Kane. with the slowpoke maybe yeah maybe just holding the slowpoke I, I quite like them in maybe in a, a crow's nest so you've been looking around for them and you haven't seen them and then you hear a slowpoke cry from above just like slowpoke and you see Kanan is trying to just stay out of the way in a in a crow's nest up above I think Theo Feels a lot of conflicted emotions at this time, but decides to climb the ladder to go join join them in their in their in their crow's nest. And once you reach the top, you see Theo. Their cane is just balanced delicately against the edge of the crow's nest, but they're sat on the floor, looking older, even more haggard than perhaps you remember. And it's just stroking the slowpoke, looking out across the skies, and doesn't doesn't immediately greet you when you arrive, which is odd mm. for Kanan. I think Theo wonders a lot about the different things that Theo would like to say at this particular point and then looks back down and sees, uh, as you said, Cassius and Elisa, nods over to them and says, she's the one that destroyed the tower. We got her. You, you got her. And I didn't help. If anything, I stood in your way, Theo. <sighs> Maybe things went the wrong way. Maybe it was me who should have, should have stayed in that cell with Mrs. W., Hillary should have left. I was so happy to see that you were okay. And I was so happy to see that you were on that train. And I chose who we were going to save. And you 
I was so happy to see you where we saw you minimized in that room. And I've been so excited for the fact I'm going to be reunited with you. And all you've done since then is disappoint me. But you deserve to be saved because I missed you and I need you. I think I owe it to you to make it up to you, Theo. I'm sorry for what happened in that church car. I just... You probably don't understand it, but I'm an old fool, Theo. And despite what I've seen, despite what I know about some of the inner machinations, the inner workings of the church, I still deep down believe that it can be something greater and it can be something better. And it's not something to be tossed aside. It's not something to be treated with wanton abandonment. It is something at its core to treasure. It's just gone the wrong way. And he looks down at the slowpoke. And I think there's... I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I I'm, I'm just... I'm only human. You don't need to apologise to me. I understand. I do get it. I... Yes, the church is rotten from the outside in, but you're right, there is something that can be saved in there. And there's something that can be saved in all of us. There's something redeemable in all of the people that I've met in this infuriating journey. And we can change the church. I know we can. You're right. We can. And from this point, I I pledge myself to that course, Thea. And to you. Pledge myself to you. I well, want to do what there's... I can to help. I think Theo offers Kanan a hand to pull them pull them up off the floor. And uh, they they embrace in a in a rare moment of, of church physical intimacy. Lovely. So we see almost in a drone shot panning around the crow's nest, Theo and Kanan having this embrace with a slowpoke awkwardly wedged between them. <laughs> slowpoke. And as that shot wheels around couple of wingull now soaring in the now sunny sky, the camera pans down past the deck of the ship and into the belly of the Team Nautilus capital ship, and at the very bottom, the treasure room, and atop piles of plunder, gold, and various artefacts, atop them all, is the second tome, the one taken from Surfloat Tower, and calling to those above. Guys! Guys! It's really, down it's, really, here. it's really dark down here. I got, it's like an old Egyptian tome down here, am I right? <laughs> am I Come right? on, I'm just a book. Just a, a chalice. Book. A chalice nearby goes, oh, really? Really? That's my theo. That's bad. That's really bad. We all know chalice this is the chalice loved ones, am I right? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Look, we, just, we sit there and we, we, we just sparkle. We sparkle and we tempt people. That's what we do. We don't make puns. You'll learn. Really? You've only been here a couple of days. <laughs> well, I will say, Charles making me crazy, Chalice. Huh? Is that good? Chalice? Huh? Is that good? Somewhere in the trees, 
next to the railway lines of the Ndorant Express, the grey-haired, with slightly shaven hair, woman, with the miastic eyes, clambers down from the branches where she had been flung after exiting the train. She dusts herself off, checks herself for bruises, wounds, finds herself to be fairly unharmed. She looks around her feet and sees shattered glass scattered around her from the glass case she had been trapped in only moments before that she had shattered with psychic energy. Before she can move, she hears a noise. Flop, flop, flop. She turns around and sees a white-haired woman, deathly pale, with flip-flops, a sarong, a popped collar and a waistcoat. Rough day? One of the worst. You are different, aren't you? How long have you known? It would be easier to ask me when I didn't know. My name is Frey. Would you like to take back control? Oh boy, I I love a post-credit scene. I really do. You just think you think the episode's over, and then boom, nope. I get to reveal some cool villainous machinations happening in the background, and that's that's my favourite thing to do. That's top top of my Chris top of my Christmas list this year, is give me more background villainous stuff. Um, Merry Christmas to everyone. This episode is coming out on the twenty third second. Whatever day this is. Your advent calendars are close to being finished. I know that much for sure. So, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Festive Season, whatever you're celebrating out there. I hope you're having a wonderful time. As you may have noticed, I am neither Tom nor Ali. In fact, I'm I'm the guy whose voice you hear most of all. You're probably sick of hearing my voice right now, but it's me, it's Stuart, GM. And I have edited this episode today. Uh, I've been doing a lot of background editing. Behind the scenes, kind of like a villain, machinating in the background. That's me. Uh, but this is my first full episode edit since about this time last year. I think I did, I think I did Foul Play three. So yeah, hello, it's me, it's Stu, your annual edit by Stu. No, I think I'm going to be doing a few more now. We're going into a sort of triumvirate of editing rotation, so that'll be exciting, like a forced dyad. No, that's that's two people. Got that one wrong. Thank yous. Firstly, I'd like to thank Michael Sands, the creator of Monster of the Week, the original game, which we have hacked and turned into Pocket Monster of the Week. If you want information about that, make sure to join our Discord, where we have our trial playbooks and trial PDF of the game and everything that we're working on in beta testing. So come over and and help us playtest that. There are some amazing people on the Discord server who we call the Pokeepers, the the Pocky, the Pokeepers. It's like Keeper, but Pokemon. Uh, And they are running one-shots in the Discord really quite regularly, actually. So shout out to Jonah, Jurembi, and Tilda. So come join in on that. It always is tremendous fun. Get involved. Thank you for the music. The songs I'm singing. Which is provided by Braxton Burks and the Materia Collective for the albums Canto Symphony and Johto Legends and, of course, the wonderful Glitch X City. Also, I'd like to thank the creators of Pokemon, Satoshi Tajiri and Junichi Masada. We are fan-made, not-for-profit podcasts, and we've got no affiliation with Game Freak or the Pokemon Company. But if anyone wants to send me some complimentary trading cards, I wouldn't say no. Thank you to everyone in the Discord for just being a wonderful community, and especially to our paladins, the moderators on the Discord. Aurora, Rove, Gigi, Carrie, and Brit, you guys are amazing. And a new exciting section for me that I haven't done before is thanking our Patreons, who are kind of like... Kind of like our producers, 
supporting us financially we can't thank you enough it really does help and it's already helping us to improve the podcast in so many ways so thank you at the cheerleader level thank you to ryan mitchell thank you to jonah jackson thank you to haikili thank you to Ginny voss thank you to the force majeure podcast thank you to alchemage then at the s-class trainer level we've got kaiko pin cosplay thank you joel williams thank you greg becker thank you GGT, thank you. Eric Eichinger, thank you. And then, the champions themselves. Pokemon champion, Trigula, thank you. Cesar, thank you. Milamoy, thank you. Crandon Creations, thank you. Josh Anderson, thank you. And finally, Alistair Collinson. Woo, thank you. Honestly, all of you. All of you. It means the absolute world that you're there supporting us. For those at the S-Class Trainer or Pokemon Champion tier, keep an eye on the Patreon because we are dropping a special bonus For Me In Short Christmas special featuring some characters from our previous Christmas special. So it's almost like a continuation of that, very loosely. But enjoy that. And to everyone, I want to say thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful festive period, a wonderful new year. We will see you in 2021. Come on, 2021! It's, it's going to be better. We, we, we did it. We got through 2020. Well done, everyone. So until then, until we return in the new year with some brand new episodes, remember, adventure is out there. You just gotta step in the tall grass. so sexy it is it makes me want to take my clothes off and cry at the same time